golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going before we drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Hey, Richard. All right. Where's the applause? Come on, Rich. Where's the applause? Come on, kid. Anyway, big day for golf. Big week for the U.S. Open qualifiers here locally. Holly, what is it you got to say? You got something you want to talk about? Well, we've got the Players' Championship just up the road in Pontevedra. We're going to be uh, talking to some of the best reporters in the business for the next hour, live from the press center. But as you mentioned, another big thing happening right here today in Lake Mary at Timaquan Golf and Country Club. It was the U.S. Open local qualifying tournament. Marks the fourth time in five years that Timaquan has hosted this event. Play Timaquan on Friday in the pouring rain, Rich B. Hey, that's a pretty nice test of golf right there, that Timaquan. To uh, a little benefit for Lake Mary Prep, and uh, it was a great time. And my team was on fire. We shot 17 under Rich B, and we were runners-up. Is that um, unbelievable? I don't know how you do it. Another team came in at 53. They need to put you on the white tees. They need to put you right back there on the white tees with the rest of us. Hey, I was wearing a skirt. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, I was wearing a skirt. Famous last words. That's the excuse you use every time. I've got one shout-out I need to make before we uh, go to uh, Sean. We've got the uh, Seminole State. Raiders, the Lady Raiders, are in the NCAA Division II Final Championship at uh, LPGA in Daytona. So they'll be representing, um, yeah, my buddy uh, Sam Mule's uh, coach, assistant coach on the team, and the girls are going for the championship, Division II. Awesome. Well, one of our very own Sean Gorgon was in the field today of 84 players, teeing it up for five spots in the sectional qualifying, hoping to make it to the U.S. Open in June at number two, Pinehurst in North Carolina. And we have Sean on the phone right now. Hey, Sean. Hey, Holly. So how'd it go out there today, my friend? Um, I shot 71. I hit some really nice shots. Uh, um, I finished uh, in a playoff for an alternate spot. Um, um, and, uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I was really happy with the way I played and struck the ball. It was really some of the best I've done in a while. So I was really pleased. I wish I would have scored a little better, like we all do, Holly and Rich, as you know. But, uh, I had a great time and, uh, um, a couple of, uh, my, uh, acquaintances and stuff like that were in the playoff with me. And, uh, Rob Oppenheim, he made it through, a buddy of mine. And uh, I don't know who else made it. I was kind of, had to go out to the playoff there very shortly, but it was a uh, greens, as you know, Holly, out there were beautiful, and they were, and they were, they putted so true. And uh, FSGA ran out, ran the U.S. Open qualifier, and again, they do a great job for the the whole game of golf, and it's just such a blessing. Hey, so, hey, Sean, how many guys were at 71 in the playoff? 
Uh, there was four guys, and it was for us. It was for the second alternate spot there. Well, that is yeah. still some. That is still some good playing. Yeah, that's as, pressure. Uh, that's pressure, boy. That's right. Oh, so it, was fun. it was fun. I was. Yeah, I was fun. And also, Holly, congrats to you as far as um, your nice playing out of Tim McQuan. And Rich, I still know you're the senior senior champion for the North Florida PGA. <laughs> so I, I hope you're getting the. Um, your game and tune it up there for that whenever that is in September. He's afraid and to play with me, Sean. He's been seeing some of these videos you've been sending You're him on some of my drives. Tees. White you know, tees. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased with you, Holly. Uh, but still, Rich <laughs> is a winner right now, Holly, compared to us. He does have that winning belt there. So yes, he we're does. We have to find a tournament to go ahead and. Uh, we got to get some. <laughs> we got to get and some think- gold or some crystal somewhere. Yes, and, and 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 by the way, just a little a tangent here, but really, but who's your pick for the um, the players this week? I I was busy listening. Well, uh, we haven't quite gotten there yet, but um, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, Adam Scott's a pretty good pick. That's one right off the top of my head. We're going to go to uh, to the press center in just a minute here, so if you uh, keep uh-huh. listening, you might I hear will. some of these picks. I will. I will. Awesome. All right, Thank Sean. You. Well, congratulations, and uh, yeah, well done. Well done to all the Thank guys you. out Thank there. You. And to Tim McQuan, beautiful golf course out there in Lake Mary. Congratulations. Thank you. And we're going to go straight to the press center up at uh, the Players' Championship to check in with our number one man, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. Lots happening here. We had the uh, U.S. Open qualifier here in Lake Mary in Orlando, and uh, a lot of buzz going on up there at the TPC. Tell us what's going on in the press conferences today. Oh yeah, lots, uh, lots happening. You know, uh, you know, one of the big storylines is that uh, we're almost assured of getting a new number one in the world here. But, uh, uh, if a couple of guys have good weeks, uh, they've got a great chance to move to number one. Adam Scott, Henrik Stenson, um, Matt Kuchar, and Bubba Watson. Any one of those guys, depending on circumstances and finishing high, uh, could could uh, displace Tiger as number one in the world. Yeah, this could be a big uh, changing at the top, no doubt about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of players we could tick off here right at the top in terms of, you know, the ones that have been hot of late. But if you look at this golf course of, you know, TPC requiring really, um, you know, straight driving and really good iron uh, play, uh, I'm looking to some players that have been, you know, talked about such and, and are coming on, uh, a little hot of late, like Luke Donald or maybe Zach Johnson. Who are you thinking? Yeah, um, you know, I actually picked Matt Kuchar just because he's been playing so well of late. Uh, he did win here two years ago. Uh, you know, the golf course doesn't – it's one of the few that doesn't really favor one style. I mean, you know, Tiger won last year, and Tiger is not known to be a straight driver. Um, you know, he's more of a obviously a power player. Uh, but yet we've had um, non-power player win- players win here. You know, Kuchar's not a power player. He won. You know, he he drives it straight and hits a lot of greens. Uh, Adam Scott, when he won ten years ago, you know, his his forte is not uh, straight driving. Uh, but then we've had people like Fred Funk win. I mean, it's a it's a very democratic golf course in that regard. And um, so you know, uh, pick the hot hand. I you know, I think. Uh, uh, Kuchar, you know, he, his last outing was a win, and before that, he had had several top fives. And why not? Why not come back to a place where you've played well and do it again? I like Jim Furyk. Jim Furyk shot 65 Sunday at the uh, Wells Fargo, 
and uh, he almost caught J.B. Holmes from behind by accident. But uh, anytime you shoot 65 on Sunday, you're moving it. And he does like TPC, Bob. I think he really does like that golf course. Absolutely. And this is his home course. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny after all this time, would this be the year that he finally wins here? Um, you know, I think that'd be a heck of a story if he did. And um, I kind of like that pick. You know, it's it's a golf course where hitting the spots and and uh, being accurate obviously can do you quite quite some good. And and length isn't a huge key. I mean, and, you know, Furyk's not a long hitter, but you know that, that doesn't really matter here. It uh, it uh, it that's why it brings in all styles. Well, and if we yeah, speaking of all styles, you look at somebody uh, like a Henrik Stenson, Justin Rose. I'd say the one guy that maybe this course doesn't favor too much, uh, and he was pretty uh, vocal about it was Bubba Watson. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He uh, he basically admitted, you know, I. I just don't don't see it off the tee here. I have a hard time visualizing where to hit the ball. I'm not good at aiming at trees. I need to see the shape of the fairway, and to him, it just doesn't look good. Uh, and that uh, obviously is a huge deal. I mean, that's a big part of of uh, competitive golf is being able to visualize the shots, have it see your eye, as they say, and uh, or fit your eye, and. Uh, you know, Bubba, his best finish here is a tie for 37th. Last year, he's missed three cuts and six appearances. So, um, you know, he, he sort of already has set himself up for the fall. But maybe, you know, maybe the best way to look at it is, is if, he, if he's got no expectations, maybe he'll perform a little bit better. You know, you always like to think if the guy's playing well, it shouldn't matter, uh, you, know, what, what, uh, you know, what the course is. He should be able to handle it regardless. Anybody that might be flying a little under the radar that you see? Yeah, uh, um, you know, I think uh, uh, you you sort of mentioned him, Luke Donald. I think he's one that, uh, I don't know if he's flying under the radar, but he hasn't won for a long time, and I would think this golf course would suit him also. Um, I'm kind of curious about uh, some guys that had success earlier in the year and haven't done much lately for example, Zach Johnson, uh, Jimmy Walker, you know, how are they going to perform here? Uh, Jordan Spieth is playing in his first players, uh, but he does have experience here in the in the junior players just four years ago. Uh, so, um, you know, obviously a little bit of a different circumstance playing in the Players' Championship compared to that. And uh, before we let you go, just your thoughts on uh, this big win by uh, J.B. Holmes last week. Yeah, yeah, terrific. I mean, he hadn't won for six years. All the stuff he's been through, you know, a brain surgery uh, to, you know, uh, it it wasn't as serious as brain surgery sounds. But then again, how could brain surgery not be serious? You know, he had that. Um, uh, then uh, in coming back from that, he injured his elbow. Uh, then last year he fell off the rollerblades and, and hurt his ankle. And while his ankle was healing, he decided to get the elbow fixed. So he actually came into this year ranked outside the top 500 in the world and uh, had to win a certain amount of money to get his card to make sure he, he uh, uh, could get his card back, and he did. And then he wins. First win in six years, and, um, 
you know, pretty good story, pretty good, pretty good golf course to do it on too at Quail Hollow. Absolutely, and uh, as always, every week to week, we have so many great stories. Real quick, we're gonna let you go, Bob. Who's your pick? I'm going with Kucher. I think uh, you know his hot hand and the way he can play this golf course sets up nice. All right, that's our first pick of the night. Matt Kucher from BobHarrigESPN.com. Check him out online. Great coverage every day this week. Thanks, Bob, for calling Thank in. You. You're you listening guys. to the Golf Insider 740 The Game. We are pumped up here. It's the Players' Championship. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Rich B. Cranking up for the Players' Championship up the road at the TPC Sawgrass. Rich B. That is so cool. It's only like two and a half hours away. So if you feel like getting in the car and taking a ride and going and seeing some great golf this weekend. Stadium course, one of the best places to watch golf. Beautiful. And sitting on the island green and watching those. Cliffhanger shots coming hey, down the stretch on Sunday. Speaking, nothing better. Speaking of good looking, mm. your boy, Todd Lewis <laughs> from the Golf Channel. Your boy, live from today, and now spending a few times with us, a few minutes with us. Hey, Todd. Hey guys, how are you? Doing awesome. Uh, sitting here looking at your interview with uh, Mr. Reed, who says he will. Patrick Lee will leave the players if his wife gives birth. Give us a scoop on that. Well, uh, he and his wife, Justine, have been very much obviously looking forward to the birth of their first child. Now, the, the baby is due at the latter part of this month, um, but she she's moving along nicely in the in the pregnancy. So there is a chance that obviously the, the baby could come early. Uh, Ask Patrick this morning, hypothetically, if Justine was about to give birth and he had – a shot at winning this event on Sunday, would he leave? And he said, if I had a six-shot lead on the 15th hole, I'm walking off the course because being a father for the very first time comes only once in a lifetime, and I got a lot of opportunities to win a lot more tournaments. So, oh, my. Good perspective by, uh, from him, to be honest with you. It's the right thing to say. Oh, yeah, and he, I mean, and he was emphatic. He didn't even blink on that one. Um, you know, almost as, uh, he was almost right. as strong good as saying answer. he was going to be uh, top five in the world. I, I just, I love his, uh, his, his conviction. Exactly. That's a top five father move in the world, there's no doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. So who else did you have in the chair today? And, uh, you know who who are you seeing uh, in in your radar for the next uh, next couple of weeks, couple of days? Well, you know, I, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard. This has been I shouldn't say I don't know. I have some idea, but I mean it, it's you know this has been a very very interesting year, full of parody. And um, you know you're waiting for the stars to just break out, the Phil Mickelsons, the Roy McIlroys, the Adam Scotts, and although they have played okay, they haven't played to the form that's going to give them a, a victory. So. I don't know. This is one of those events that, you know, you're going to have a player, as last year we had Roberto Castro, who opened up with a 63 and, you know, was kind of in the mix as, as he moved towards the weekend. You're going to have a player that, that you probably haven't heard of. David Lingmurth was one of those guys last year as well. And then you're going to mix in some, some key players. If there's a guy that I like that has the most momentum heading into this event, it's a former champion, it's Matt Kuchar. 
coming off four straight top tens, punctuated by that victory at Harbortown. So uh, that's the guy, if I had to put a dollar on somebody, it would be him. You sat down also with Justin Spieth. Uh, Jordan Spieth, excuse me. And uh, what what were you know some of the things that Jordan said coming off you know his Masters, what he's learned. He took a couple of weeks off. Uh, you know this kid is just so composed, it's crazy. Yeah, I've said this many times now. I have I have doubted Jordan Spieth too long. Uh, I finally gave up doubting on him at the mat. I, you know, he's twenty years old. I thought he would fold under the pressure, and although he, he didn't win, I mean Bubba outplayed him. He played well. Um, and considering everything he did last year, winning at the age of 19, and now he's 20 doing what he's doing, uh, Jordan Spieth somehow finds a way to gut it in the hole, will it in the hole, and I think you know some people have criticized him about his emotion, about how he shows too much emotion out there. We talked about that this morning, about how you know sometimes he can get in the way, having that much emotion, dropping a club, but. Also, it's a benefit. If he didn't have the drive and that emotion and that intensity, I don't think it would it would give him an opportunity to be in position to win tournaments and big tournaments like at the Masters uh, last month. So, you know, I, I'm just I'm really excited to watch this young man mature. I mean, he's already mature beyond his years, but as he gets older, physically and mentally, uh, I think he's going to I think he's going to be a multiple ma- major champion, in my opinion. I I completely agree and. You know, he's 20 years old. He's playing in his first Masters. I mean, you know, let's uh, let's cut him a little slack here. I think uh, I think his the way he played was absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, I agree. Adam Scott, 10th anniversary of his first win at uh, the Players. Uh, how do you think? Adam said he's playing great, just hasn't had the results uh, that he's you know hoped for. What do you think? Well, we're gonna, I'm gonna do a little something on Adam Scott tonight, live from at uh, the top of the hour at seven o'clock. Um, interesting. Adam um, has never been number one in the world. He's had two recent opportunities to take over the top spot. Those opportunities coming at the Arnold Palmer Invitational there in Orlando, and at the Masters. And although he played well in those events, he was not able to be, or not able to reach that number one spot. I, I've spoken with him about being number one in the world, and he said yes, he definitely wants that on his resume. And you kind of get the sense in talking with him that. That has been a subconscious or maybe even a conscious distraction. So he is kind of changing his mental approach this week here at the Masters to not worry about being number one in the world. He's just going to try to focus on playing well, and the rest will take care of itself. He's got to play better on the weekend. Those two events I'd mentioned, the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Masters, he has a combined 17 under par on Thursday and Friday. On the weekend, he has a combined seven over par. That's a difference of 24 shots. So... He's going to have to figure it out on the weekend to have success here this week, in my opinion. And how do you think um, the, you know, the, this tournament stacks up for some of these you know, first-timers coming in? There's a bunch of them. Uh, what is it, seven, 17 or 18 first-timers that will be playing this week? Well, I, I mean, this is a very difficult golf course. I mean, it is treacherous. Um, I mean, it's like Augusta with water. And some, some people, some players and caddies have said to me before, um, because of that, I don't think most of the first-timers are going to have great success here. They could surprise me, with the exception of two guys. And one of them we talked about in Jordan Spieth. I mean, remember, like you mentioned, it was his first Masters, and he did what he did. If Patrick Reed has a game, if he's not distracted by the possibility of him leaving the golf course for the birth of his baby daughter, I think he could have a good week here. So I don't expect much from these first-timers. 
But as I've mentioned, this has been a year of surprises, so anything can happen. It absolutely has. How about uh, in the international field, Scram McDowell? How about Lee Westwood coming off a win? Well, he is coming off a win, but at the same time, immediately after that win in Malaysia on the European Tour, he went to Charlotte and he missed the cut. So I thought I thought he would have a great tournament in Charlotte. Um, as a matter of fact, I think he led the field in birdies through, like, first 26 holes, but he also led the field in double bogeys. <laughs> so I followed him one hole, and he was like Paul Bunyan, just hitting every tree he could. Um, I don't know. It, I, I think Lee is going to be an interesting watch here this week. Um, he, he's top 10 in two of his last three appearances here at the Players. So he, he does have um, – a liking for this golf course, and obviously he's coming off the victory in Malaysia along with the miscut. You don't know what to expect, but I think his game is trending in the right direction. He could be a force here this week. And how about Sergio? Could we see him bounce back from last year? He's playing Sergio, awful good golf this year. Sergio played well last year. Uh, he's he's playing well. His ball striking is pretty good this year. I'm a little interesting. It was interesting to me rather that he missed the cut at Augusta. Um, I didn't see that coming. Um, I, he I was one he of was, my picks. I, you know I. That's kind of a red flag that, that he missed the cut at Augusta National because he was playing so well. But Sergio, as we know, is a very emotional player. Um, I'm, I'm curious, if he starts playing well, how much in the media, in the press, in the public perception last year in his little run-in with Tiger here is going to be brought up and if that is going to be something that kind of gets in the way of his success. So... Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, Sergio, Sergio is going to be somebody I'm going to keep my eye on. If he comes out and plays well, I think in the first round, that's going to kind of set the tone for him for the rest of the tournament. If he comes out and struggles in that first round and has to play catch up, it's going to be a long week for him. And the top ten machine of late, and adding another one at Quail Hollow, Rory. Last year, I think tied for eighth at, at Sawgrass. Uh, he's playing. He's hitting the ball. He said, I mean, "This this blew me away." I interviewed him last week. He said. I'm hitting the ball best in my career. I mean, let's think about this career, okay? Two major championships, two runaway major championships, and he's saying he says it's the best in his career as of late. But he's putting maybe the worst in his career right now. He's well outside the top 100 in stroke gain, strokes gained putting on the PGA Tour. Um, that's the big thing for him. He's, he just arrived on the ground here um, at the TBC Sawgrass, I'd say around 3 o'clock. He played nine holes. That's that's all he's done as far as work here at this facility. He spent most of his time this week practicing at the Bears Club in South Florida where he has a home. So, uh, yeah, Roy's, Roy's hitting the ball well, but it's, it's going to be determined on the greens for him. And and finally, Todd, we'll let you run, and we appreciate all the, uh, all the insight here because you've had a busy, busy day, and I know you're going back for some more. What about Phil? Mm, yeah. Uh, 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 I don't know. I, 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 Phil's putting is a mess, too. Um, he did meet with Dave Stockton here this week, his putting coach. Uh, they changed his grip, his lead hand, his right hand, uh, was a little weak. He's more neutral now. His thumbs are pointing down the shaft a little more. And he said he was very excited after making that, that tweak to his grip. Uh, Phil is struggling for some confidence right now. He'll be the first to tell you. Uh, he, he, I, I, firmly believe, in my opinion, A, he hasn't been super healthy, but B, I think him coming out and talking about the U.S. Open so much and how much he wants to win at Pinehurst this year and how much that is brought up every week he plays, I think that is 
somehow bouncing in his cerebellum whenever he tees it up. And I think he's got a little internal pressure that he's put on himself when he's playing now, and he's not meeting the expectations that he set in January by saying those comments. Uh, and I, I, I think that's what is a bit of a problem with him. But all he needs is, you know, all, I, I feel like all he needs is a 62, 63, you know, within a couple other good rounds to match. He shot 63 last week, but he, he didn't play well the other at least two of those other three rounds. So if he, if he can get some momentum going and get some of that confidence, if he makes his run up to Pinehurst, he'll be okay. But it it might be a tall task right now, considering his psyche. All right. Well, Tom, we're going to let you go. I know you got some more work to do at uh, 7 o'clock on Golf Central. Yep, we'll be there. All right, Todd Lewis on the Golf Channel. You can watch their wall-to-wall coverage all this week as we are beginning to tee it up for the Players' Championship tomorrow morning. More coverage with the Golf Insider 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. If we could just make a part. We're back, the Golf Insiders taking you home. Fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. Uh, Rich. What's that sound, Holly? Sounds like the Orlando Slantinal. No, it's the fish wrap, the birdcage liner. I'm so mad. These guys can't write about the TPC golf tournament in our fair state this weekend. Please. Really? Not even a note in today's paper. But we've got a very, very special guest coming up who uh, I'm very happy to have on the Golf Insiders for the first time. And this guy, he is proof that print is not dead. One of the best writers in our business for USA Today, the golf writer Steve Demiglio on the line. Welcome, Steve. It's great to have you with us. Well, it's great to be with you, Hal, and I hope print isn't dead. Man, I don't think I don't think it's dead. Absolutely not. And uh, you've got a great story in uh, the paper today about the big caddy contest that they had on 17, the Island Green today. It was a great story. And uh, how did that turn out today? Well, I don't. I didn't see the results. I, I think uh, Stefani's caddy hit it the closest. I think seven feet eight inches. Um, Pretty Joey strong. Scott, Ricky Ricky Fowler's caddy um, told me he hit it in the water again, so he's one for five now. Um, but it raised a lot of money, and it will go to Bruce Edwards Foundation. And, uh, you know, it was about the, I don't know, maybe the 20th different way I, I had to write about the 17th hole. You have to keep coming up with different angles to write about the 17th hole. And this one just, as I thought, was a perfect way uh, to write about it, you know, the caddies for that one shot get to feel what their pros feel, and it helps them, you know, a little bit with how they get their man through that hole during the tournament. It's just, uh, it's just, it's, it's a win-win-win-win all around for uh, for golf and uh, for that tournament. Yeah, and Bruce Edwards, who was a longtime caddy for Tom Watson, uh, just a terrific guy, died of ALS in 2004. Can't believe it's been 10 years, Steve. Yeah. A lot of the guys couldn't either. Um, you know, Jim, Bones McKay, uh, 
Phil Mickelson's case spoke very highly of Bruce, and he, he said he couldn't believe it was 10 years. But, uh, you know, McKay said Bruce was the Arnold Palmer of caddies. He took the caddies to a different level, the job to a different level, made it more professional, uh, made it more respectable, and um, I, those caddies can't thank him enough. Even the guys that have never met him, they weren't around when Bruce was around, they've heard so many stories about him, they, they know they, they have to pay their respects to the man, too. It's just a it's a good cause. It's a good. It's a good uh, thing to do on Wednesdays. You know, the fans get into it. Um, their the caddies' faces and names are on the jumbotron now. It's a. It's a pretty big production and it raises a lot of money for Bruce's foundation. It's awesome, and a lot of them are good players. Uh, uh, Damon Green, Zach Johnson's caddy. He's he's a big stick. Plays in a lot of uh, high level tournaments. Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't talk to Damon about the story, but. Um, you know, Joey Scott, Ricky's caddy, he used to play professionally, and he said it one out of five times. Um, Scott Geisner, who played college golf, says he said it maybe five out of 20 times. Um, it's just a different animal that time. You know, the guys haven't you know, they haven't warmed up. They've been carrying a bag for either seven or 16 holes, and uh, they get to that tee, and there's a couple hundred or a couple thousand people there, and and there's more water than there is land, and it's just a, it's a different animal. This is more of a tradition kind of thing. The the, uh, the fans or the you know our, our people, our audience that's listening, you know, we need to set it up. You know, it, okay. At Augusta, they do the same thing. You know, they do it on 16. They skip the ball across the water, and everybody gets a big ooh ah. So somebody must have set this up a few years ago, quite a few years ago. You know, for the caddies, you know, where it's a little tradition kind of thing where they get to hit the ball on the green. Gets the gets the fans right into it. Well, it it, it started when they moved to uh, to TCC Sawgrass in '82, 1982, and it, it basically was a hit and giggle type of affair. And then the caddy started saying, "Hey, let's put a few dollars in, and the winner takes all." And it slowly built and built and built and built. And uh, <laughs> as that tournament became more popular with the fans, because 17 is a hole that reaches non-sports fans. People will turn in, tune in just to see what happens on 17 this week. Um, people started saying, you know, the players have put in money, the caddies have put in money, half the money go to charity, half the money goes to the winner, and um, it's gotten bigger and bigger. And then I don't know whose idea it was to honor Bruce, but Bruce loved the event, and it was the 10th anniversary of his of his death. And um, the PGA Tour stepped up and said, we'll match every donation this year to Bruce's foundation. And I've I was told that the caddies knew that the players put a lot more money into the jar this year than they have in the past. So they could honor Bruce. Um, it's just, uh, it's just uh, getting bigger and bigger, um, as the years go on. Steve, I know that you actually live in Ponte Verde, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I just moved in October. I live about, uh, four miles. From TPC Sawgrass. So you're actually home this week, which has to be a nice treat, uh, given that you're you're covering uh, the event in your backyard. It's not bad. The community is here. Um, I don't have to worry about getting out of town on Sunday night or Monday morning. Um, the days are long, but uh, you know you're sleeping in your own bed, you get your own TV, your own remote control. Um, you know the area, and I I did get to know the area because this is my eighth. Players' championship that I've covered. Um, 
but uh, I got a better parking spot because I'm a home. I'm at a home game. I'm a local. <laughs> Love it. Huge. Some of the bennies are huge. nice. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's just um, and the good thing that I mean, one of the best parts for my job when I moved here is I've gotten to know Jonas Blickstetter because he lives here, Billy Horschel because he lives here, um, Jim Furyk is here, Matt Every and I have a good relationship. He lives here. Fred Funk. Um, Kenny Knox, uh, Russell Knox. There's just a there's a lot of guys here, and I've gotten to get to know them because I'm here. So that's a benefit for my uh, for my job. Have you had a chance to play the golf course? Yes, um, three times. I uh, played once with Paul Azinger, um around Christmas. Not uh, a bad perk. Thing. Yeah, not you know the benefits of getting to know the people you cover, and Zinger's one of the best. And, that's uh, awesome. We played on a cold day, and uh, it rained. We waited out the rain and went back out, but it was cold. The course was really soft. Ball wasn't going anywhere, and I dumped, I dunked it into the water on 18, on 17. Um, and then I played with the players' championship director Matt Rapp, um, and I dunked it in the water again on 17. But I played well that day. It's just you get to that hole, and no matter what you tell yourself, you just can't get that water out of your mind. You just can't. I mean, it's there. It's right in front of your eyes, and it's an easy. It's got an eight, for me. It's an eight iron, and and you need about six mulligans in your pocket. Yeah, and even though you know the green's huge, even though it's only an eight iron, you still somehow put a little more oomph into it, or take on a little bit off. You just change your swing, and it's just. It's a beast, but I'll tell you, it's uh, it's one of the most feared, photographed, and famous golf holes in the world, and uh, it'll provide a lot of excitement this year, as it does every year. It sure is. Well, of course, uh, we've been talking for uh, the last couple of months about the incredible parody out on tour right now, and how, in, and even the players talk about how much more difficult it is to win because the guys are, you know, the, the level of talent is so great, and that the younger guys coming out just have no fear. As uh, you look at this, uh, the next couple of days in the weekend, who uh, who do you see raising the trophy on Sunday? An easy question. Well, that's, yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. That was posed to me earlier today when I did another radio show, uh, and and the person asked me, "Who's the safe bet?" And I go, "There's no such thing at, at the Players' Championship. There is no safe bet." Uh, Matt Kuchar is the, the highest player on the planet. He has three top fives and a win. So he has four top fives coming into the tournament, and he won it two years ago. I like his chances. I like Jordan Spieth. I keep going back to him. I know he's never played it except for when he was 17 and he played in the AJGA tournament here. Um, but, you know, it didn't bother him at Augusta when he tied for second. He had never played there before. Yeah, but in Jordan Spieth uh, years, that's like he's he's playing like he's 40. I mean, that guy yeah, that guy has the maturity yeah. of, I don't, you know, he's unbelievable. He's, he's mature beyond his years on and off the golf course, believe me. And, and he's got it. He, whatever the it factor is, he's got it. He's just a, he's an outstanding good dude. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, and I'll go back to the guy that slammed out last year. I like Sergio. Um, I like Sergio, you know, he, too. I'm rooting for yeah. Sergio. He won in 08. He finished second in 02 and 07. He finished eighth last year, but he was tied for the lead on the 71st hole. And, you know, then he put three in the water the last two holes. But uh, he's as good a ball striker out here. But, again, all three of those guys I just mentioned can miss the cut. Uh, this is a golf course 
you just can't get comfortable on no no matter how talented you are because every shot off every tee is potential ruined and i mean you could put yourself out of the tournament you could drive yourself out of the tournament you could iron put yourself out of the tournament it's just this golf course has you on your toes every single round and that's why the guys can't get comfortable they can't get into a great rhythm um sure you can go on a great scoring binge but you just can't find a good rhythm for four days and um It'll test every club in your bag. Um, you know, there, there's Adam Scott could play well. I expect Adam Scott to play well. Um, he could win. He's a past champion. Um, there's so many. I don't think right. Bubba's going to do well because Bubba's never done well. He's here admittedly. He he's admitted to yeah. not doing <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, I think this keeps yeah. this course keeps Bubba up at night. All right, Steve. Here's do yourself a favor. Start writing it now. Jim Furyk looking good for the weekend. He's the local guy. Give him some love. Steve, we always uh, appreciate you coming on, man. That's uh, that's you so cool. Hey. Steve DeBiglio from USA Today. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got more coming up. The Players' Championship. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so I got good We're back. The Golf right. Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. Holly G and Rich B. Rich, there's been uh, some great golf going on in town. U.S. qualifier, U.S. Open qualifier today. Tim McQuan. And uh, what's going on at Hunter's Creek? The fabulous Hunter's Creek, uh, the new and improved 2.0 Hunter's Creek. Looks good. They've uh, they knocked down some of those old tree branches that everybody was hitting, uh, made it a little more accessible. Uh, the golf course looks great. Come on down, check it out. Say hi to Rich B while you're there. And uh, Holly? Hey, big win on the LPGA this past weekend. Stacy Lewis after a... Giving it up to Lydia Ko the week before, uh, winning in North Texas in her home state. Eight out of her last ten rounds um, in 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 uh, 63 and four 64s. I mean, this woman has been on fire. You know, I've got a little uh, addition on there. Uh, Michelle Wee, 68, 67, finished a few few shots back, but uh, Michelle's been playing great. You know, and been a long time. Yeah, She's it been has. out there for quite a while. And Bernhard Langer beating out my Freddie Couples in One the shot. Uh, senior One stinking champions shot. event. But let's go uh, to our final golf insider tonight, uh, the local man, legend up there in uh, the Jacksonville area, who we've had on a number of times from the Florida Times Union, Gary Smiths, to uh, give us some more inside scoop at the Players' Championship. Hey, Gary. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Hey, what is going on with the golf course? Um, you know, they didn't let the players play a couple of the greens earlier uh, in the practice rounds. Uh, you yeah. know, it, 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 the, the Cliff House version is that uh, obviously we had a cold, wet winter, just like everybody else did in Florida, probably. And they have they when they moved here and started playing in May, they planted the greens in mini birdie grass, which is great in hot weather, but not so good in cold weather. And we keep having these colder than normal winters. 
in the middle of March, they didn't like the way the greens were coming back, so they used what they called a chemical application program that was applied too aggressively, you know, whatever that means. Sounds like somebody dumped a little bit too much of it on the greens. All the greens were affected, but five of them in particular, 4, 9, 11, 12, and 14, were really affected to the point where they had to use temporary greens for the last couple of weeks of resort play out here. So luckily the weather turned sunny, it turned warm. We had a little setback uh, a couple of days last week where it was wet and, and chilly. Uh, and then three of the greens improved the most troublesome, which were 4, 11, and 12. The guys couldn't practice on them until today. Now they let them go practice rounds today. Originally they weren't going to uh, let them do it at all, but it was a good sign that I think they're coming back. Some of them have plugs in them. Some are resodded, uh, and they put a lot. And here's here's the clue about this week, because they've had to really work on these greens. They've had to put a lot of water on them since the end of March, so these greens are pretty soft. And I think you're going to see some very very low scores this week as a result. Uh, but the greens have bounced back. They may lose a couple of pins, maybe one on four middle right, maybe one on uh, front of twelve that they like to use. Uh, but, you know, how, you know, golfers will complain about conditions at the drop of a hat and especially PGA tour guys. And they kind of think sometimes that every bad condition situation is just out to get them. For the most part, they have been very understanding about this and they understand the agronomy staff has been working very, very hard. And they understand that, that things happen. And I think they're going to be pretty good putting services when all is said and done at the end of the week. Well, it is their tournament. They call it the Players' Championship. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you and know, they expect the conditions to be the best. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as many have said, they, they consider it the fifth major. But they talk a lot about, you know, of course, you got to drive it straight. you got to, you know, of course, you got to be a good ball striker. But also about, um, you know, the short game. That uh, What yeah. is it about you chip? They, a couple of the players have talked about it, how you're, when you're chipping in, you're going against the grain and how difficult that is. Well, they planted that, especially so this year, because they planted the replanted the fairways last summer in a, in, a, in a grass called Celebration, which again holds up better to hot weather. It also uh, divots heel much quicker, uh, and you know, and it was kind of intended with with the resort traffic, the heavy resort traffic in mind. Uh, but what happens? Matt Every was talking about this very thing with me the other day. He said that that the grass kind of lays down a little inconsistently, so if you're playing late in the day and the grass is growing just a little bit, you might be chipping on one hole with the grain of the uh, closely mown areas going away from you, and the next hole you might be chipping with it coming into you. And he said it's going to be a little bit of a guessing game to uh, to figure that out. Essentially, this course rewards every – the only thing you don't need is, be able, is to drive it a long way. You need everything else. And the reason why the, the, there's such a premium on chipping and scrambling and stuff like that is the greens overall are pretty small, a lot like Hilton Head. And you don't hit every green out here. Uh, the guys that do play very well and everything, but you, nobody's going to hit every green. And that means there's such a premium on getting up and down. Well, we've just got a minute left. Um, who? I, I mean, there's, you know, we've talked about Kuchar. Obviously, who do you think has the most complete game? You know this golf course better than anybody. Yeah. You've covered this tournament. What's mm-hmm. your gut say? Who do you think well, is going to be winning the, the tournament? Well, my gut is that Matt Kuchar, he's got the complete game. Matt Kuchar is playing well. He's playing better than anybody in the world right now in every aspect of the game. He really is. And uh, the only thing holding him back is he is is kind of indifferent putting. 
Uh, Phil likes this place. He sometimes gets energized by this place, but he's having problems putting. Rory has got a little bit more to learn about playing this course, but sheer talent, he may win it. Uh, I would look out for J.B. Holmes because he's got some momentum from winning last week. He's on a little bit of a high from, from his comeback from brain surgery. And if you look at J.B. Holmes as a basher like Bubba Watson, Bubba's the only guy on tour longer than J.B., but J.B.'s got a very good record here. Four out of seven starts, he's been 16th or better. I'd pay close attention to him. All right. We, as always, it's going to be an exciting weekend. A lot of guys to follow. And this seems to be a course that, you know, doesn't necessarily favor any one particular type of player. It does not. You know, exactly Gary? Right. It's going to be a great tournament. As well, always. Everybody, everybody from Fred Funk to Tiger Woods has won this, and that should tell you something. Absolutely. And from the youngest player, Adam Scott, to the following year, the oldest player, Fred Funk. So. Yes. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great, great week. Thanks. How's the weather gonna be? Let's Derek. The weather's it's, it's gonna be mid eighties all the way through, maybe a little chance of rain on Sunday and that's it. All right, get in the car, head north, go enjoy some championship golf. Go out and play some golf. Rich B, who's your pick? The golfinsiders.com. Who's your pick? Jim Furek. I'm going with you. Two weeks in a row. We're out of here, the golf insiders. We love you. <laughs>